the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Does there come a point where we stop listening to some of our favorite preachers? And then, should children be able to choose their gender? You're listening to The Common Good. Happy Friday, friends. Welcome to The Common Good here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, alongside Aubrey Sampson. My name is Brian Fromm. Aubrey, it's Friday. Like, it's not Good Friday, but it's a Good Friday. It's a Good Friday because it's warm out there because it's week. Friday. What a week. I didn't even tell you earlier in the week, I got out, like, the chair for my deck. Uh, it's one of those, like, chairs that kind of, like, yes. floats a little bit. Yes. My, my neighbor mowed his lawn. Like, we are. Last night, uh, like, after dinner, I sat outside and read. Yeah. Now it might rain this weekend, by the way. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's coming though. It's coming though. All of this is like a sign of spring to come. Here's a question. And summer is to come. Is there a snowstorm between now and yeah, the summer? A hundred percent. I don't think there is. I don't I wouldn't call it a snowstorm. I would say there is definitely one more snowfall or snow event. Snow. Yes. Yes. Okay. Even if it's just like some little snowflakes, it will happen. Okay. Yep. I I will want to just crawl up in the fetal position if that happens, but <laughs> we shall see. I mean, we live in Chicago. It happens. My wife grew up uh, in Wisconsin, in the Milwaukee area, and she tells a story. Her birthday is May the 15th, and she tells a story of being young and there being a snowstorm on her birthday. A snowstorm? <laughs> so 15th. not even just like a mild snow? Considerable snow. I remember one year, because it was my best friend's son's birthday, his birthday is on May 21st, and oh. it snowed that day. That was probably a decade ago, but still, it did happen. It did happen. No. Oh, anyway, we're going to enjoy what it is right now. While it's here, yes. A topic you and I have discussed before, but it came back up from something Bob Smetana put up on Twitter, an article, uh, something that I didn't know about. So, were you aware that when, do you remember how uh, President Richard Nixon, one of the things that like he was most known for and got him in some trouble was that he people didn't know he recorded everything. Well, that's part of Watergate, right? Like tapes, everything was right? recorded. Yeah. So one of the things that came out and is still in the Nixon library uh, was there were tapes of Billy Graham in the Oval Office. Oh, no. And what am I I'm about not going to gonna play out? them or anything, but uh, so I don't want to make excuses for Billy Graham, but let's just set the setting. We're talking about not now, but this is, uh, you know, early 70s, yep. late 60s. Yep. Terribly anti-Semitic. Ah, uh, uh, remarks. So Billy remarks. Graham is making remarks to Nixon that to are Nixon. anti-Semitic. Oh, no. Uh, so again, uh, not that this makes it okay, but a different time. Uh, but it had to do with the Jews and Satan and this and that. Uh, it was it was bad. And it got me thinking of something that we talked about last uh, last month, maybe. Okay. Who was it? Where we? Oh, it was, uh, who was the theologian that it has come out? Oh, uh, with his affair. Carl Bart. Carl Barth. Not just his affair, but his. Oh, his mistress who lived it with them. That and he made was me like, so and mad. his wife was so obviously hurt by it. Yes. And he's like, I'm good with it. By God, he... I've justified it before God. Uh, but anyway, the full conversation took place in 1972, uh, and you can still find it in the Nixon libraries. The release caused quite a stir, and Billy Graham was embarrassed by what he said. He apologized later in life well, about that's it. Good. I'm glad to hear that. 
So, uh, obviously, I would fall into the camp of people who revere Billy Graham. Yeah. Billy Graham has done amazing, did, while he was living. Uh, Obviously, the Crusades, the evangelism. Yeah. Many a people... uh, Impacted greatly by Billy Graham and still started Christianity today. All of this stuff. Yep. When is too much, too much, though? Carl Bart, we had the conversation. You and I have said some stuff about uh, some yes. of the inconsistencies in Martin Luther King's life. We've yep. said uh, pastor, theologians, whatever else it might be. Yep. At what point do we go, man, I wish they didn't do that, but look at the fruit of their life. And not, uh, just, the, not just the fruit, because yeah. I know that gets you a little bit, but also where can we separate uh, word from deed. Does it, does there an apology that's needed? Yeah. How do we process? I mean, this is Billy Graham. This is Billy Graham, and this is racism. And I'm telling you, it is real and it is deep. And we cannot. We just. It's never okay. So we're not saying that. We're there is no place. I don't care what time it is to go. Well, it was a different time. Billy Graham was an anti semite. Nope, nope, not okay. Racism is wrong. It's evil. That was not from God. This is where I do start to wrestle, Brian, because there are some things that are too egregious for me, like uh, Ravi, right? Mm -hmm. Where there seems to be allegedly a record of many, 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 many occasions of criminal behavior against women globally. Um, Here, and maybe this is my bias towards Mr. Graham. Hearing that he apologized helps quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Knowing this was not, it, at least from what I understand, ho- hopefully this is not the beginning of like the floodgates opening, <laughs> but this was not his, um, what he was known for and did most often. Like there, this wasn't a repeated thing for him that generally his life was marked by integrity mm-hmm. and faithfulness and not being a racist. Now, If it comes out that this is Billy Graham behind closed doors, I think we have to have a different conversation. I hope that's not true. I hope Mr. Graham's life speaks louder than this sinful moment. Uh, I think this is somebody wrestled with this at our church recently. A woman named uh, Felicia Case came and talked about Martin Luther King Jr. And she said she had to wrestle with heroes being imperfect. Yes, that's actually the conversation. Yeah, yeah. Theological Christian yeah. heroes for us. Right. At what point is it too far, though? Like, for me, I've got some, like, the Ravi one, I keep going back to that. That's too far for me. I am never going to go back and learn from him or hear from him. And and so I don't know if it's sort of like individually, do we decide what we can tolerate and what we can't? Do we do that collectively? Do we, none of our heroes are going to be Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think we have to start there. None of our heroes are going to be sinless. I think we have to start there. Um, At what what amount of sin? And I don't have a good answer. That is that is exactly what I want to ask because then it also. But then it also gets personalized in the sense of what about your pastor? Mm -hmm. What about your mentor? Your mentor who group leader uh, who didn't do what they were supposed to. And it goes, it goes, it goes. I don't have a good answer. I think you. You said a couple important things that I would like to harp on a little bit. One is, I appreciate the apology. I do, too. That goes a long way. Later on in life, when confronted mm-hmm. with this, he was clearly embarrassed. Repentant, He has, he has said yeah. that he, uh, early on in his, excuse me, ministry, he got, uh, you know, which this would equate to, uh, he got an audience with some presidents, and... Uh, 
He he said he has regrets about the way yeah. he kind of mixed the politics. I'm grateful and this, for that. Yeah. Uh, that helps. Yes. Uh, the, Unlike Karl Barth, who wasn't repentant and just said, well, I live with my mistress. It is what it is. There is some truth to that. I, I've always struggled, you know, because nobody's going to be perfect. But then again, you ask, how far do you go? Whether it be, ah. you know, you said the person at your church was speaking of Martin Luther King and mm-hmm. some of his personal indiscretions, yeah. Karl Barth, whatever else it might be. I do think it is. It, it is a personal decision, I suppose, that says. But then you got to be okay with the person personally being okay with Ravi Zachary, like still watching his videos. It's still. very, it's so, it is, it is not easy. I think that's what becomes difficult about even conversations around cancel culture and deplatforming. I think some people should, I think they should for a very long time and maybe never be platformed again. What, what's the, I, I don't know. It's like not a necessarily one size fits all decision on who we're done learning from and yeah. who we are. It's I'm very hard pressed. Of course we were hard pressed with Ravi. I'm very hard pressed with Less Mr. Graham. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Less hard pressed. Very, very hard pressed with Mr. Billy Graham to say, done. His right. influence is null and void right. now. Right. But I would say racism is one of the most egregious evils in our country. And so it's like, that's that's complicated. Yeah. Other people might think it's something else. Yeah. And that's where it becomes. I think the most important point here is to say, uh, we want our leaders to have integrity which an apology shows integrity to it me. It absolutely does. I agree. But we can't expect our leaders to be perfect. Yeah. But when they are so not perfect, there comes a point, especially in churches or on social media or whatever, where yeah. they should be deplatformed. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, so anyway, I saw that and that got me thinking. And I think hopefully people hear us going, I don't have a great answer to this. Uh, but we hope that that integrity is important. And I want to end by saying I believe Billy Graham had great integrity from, uh, from the collection yes. of his life. Yes, I but agree. But what do you do when a snapshot is ugly? Uh, and that's what it's got a great, me it's thinking It's a great here. question. I'm glad we're, I'm glad we're talking about yep, it. Yep. yep. Coming up next, uh, Aubrey, we're going to dive back into children, gender questions, and who gets to make decisions. I'm going to play some audio that sadly may not surprise you, but it will probably make you gasp a little bit. We're going to do that next year on The Common Good. AM 1160, hope for your life. Uh, happy Friday today. Hope that you're looking forward to a great weekend. If you've missed any of our shows this week, go get the podcast. Wherever it is, you get your podcast. Subscribe, rate, review. You can also find us online at 1160hope.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Common Good Talk. Aubrey, the, the evergreen topic these days uh, for us as Christians, uh, for our whole culture right now, is... Not just gender fluidity uh, and these types, but children. Yeah, children at the center of a lot of this. And uh, this, do you just feel like with every day the gas is getting turned up a little more, a little more, yeah. a little more? It feels that way, certainly. There, a tide is turning, roaring it, it loudly and like quickly. Yeah. It feels like if we have issues in a line, this one has just moved. It's, it's edged its way mm-hmm. to the front of the line yeah. and it's, had, it's bullied its way up there. So I want to play something for you. Okay. This is uh, part of a panel and her name is Diane uh, Aronsaft. She is the mental health director of the Child and Adolescent Gender Center at UCSF. I'm uh, guessing that's the University of California at San Francisco, uh, where she's talking about children, puberty blockers, and lifetime decisions as it pertains to your fertility. Let's listen to this. 
And the other issue that's a showstopper now for many parents around giving consent to puberty blockers is the fertility issue. That if the child goes straight from puberty blockers directly to cross-sex hormones, they, at this point in history, are pretty much forfeiting uh, their fertility, and so they will not have a gen genetically related child. And there's a lot of parents who have dreams of becoming grandparents, and it's very hard for them to uh, not imagine those genetically related grandchildren. And so we have to work with parents about these aren't your dreams. We have to focus on your child's dreams and what it is they, what they want. And what I will say about many of the youth who want puberty bloggers, I have never met such an altruistic group of kids about adoption. I never. <laughs> you know, I, I will adopt because I think there's so many children who need good homes. And I think that's both um, heartfelt, but also it's they're trying to tell us the most important thing to me right now is being able to have every opportunity to have my gender affirmation be as complete as possible. And anything else is secondary. The question is, can an 11-year-old, 12-year-old at that level of development be really thinking and know what they want at age 30 around their fertility? So the answer to that is, we don't stop twice about instituting treatments for cancers for children that will compromise their fertility. Same treatments in some way, whatever it is. We don't say we're not going to give them the, the treatment for cancer because it's going to compromise their fertility. That for some of the youth, having the gender affirmation interventions are as life-saving as the oncology services for children who have cancer. I mean, this is... I don't, I'm not overstating to go, this is scary. This is madness to yes. me. Like, uh, on a number of levels. I think, one, like, can we not use cancer as a straw man for everything? Okay. Two, Feels like apples and oranges yeah, on that one. A 100%. It's life or death. We're talking about yep. totally different things. Two, 10 and 11-year-olds cannot make decisions for their future. So wasn't entry she yeah. asked that yeah. question rhetorically. Yeah, and didn't answer it. Well, she did, but With in the cancer. way that seems lunacy yeah like she said the question also she goes can 11 and oh, 12 right. year olds oh, right. make decisions as it relates to their what they will yeah. want when they're 30 yeah. and they, i'm wanting to yell no. no no they can't and she then went to that's right they're the most cancer. altruistic no no that's where she went into oh. the cancer one you're talking about and i was okay. like good night she's the director of the center. maybe it's just me but like if people let me make the decisions i wanted to make at 11 i I would have like married my next door neighbor. We, we you know what I mean? Up, we like, looked him up on Facebook the other day. Yeah, we did. We looked him up on Facebook the other day. Like, no, 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 because their brains are not fully developed yet. And when, and parents are the ones in, I, this is, we keep going back to the same conversation, but we have to let kids be kids and not expect mm -hmm. them to be adults. Mm -hmm. And this is a, this is a life-altering forever adult decision. This is not a child decision, and we are not protecting children. And the weird part to me is this narrative that it's in the child's best interest, yes. and it is protecting the child. To me, that feels like deception from the enemy. What made me really sad, I, I got angry listening to this, but what made me really sad, because she said it somewhat flippantly and almost derogatorily, was... Uh, 
parents have dreams about their genetic grandkids. Yeah, she does. She said that very derogatorily. And I want to be like, yes. Absolutely. But I also have dreams for my own children. Yeah. That, like you said, when I was 11 years old, do you know what I wasn't thinking about? Kids. Kids. Family. Nope. Nope. I was thinking about. What do the kids in junior high think of me? A hundred percent. And you know what else I was probably thinking of? And I would love to adopt a million kids and have an orphan because I'd see an Annie and because I like the idea. Do you know what I mean? To say this is the most altruistic generation ever, maybe, maybe not be true. Them having biological kids or or having hormone blockers doesn't stop them or start them related to adopting. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not a correlation. There's so many decisions that we just don't let children make. Yeah. And for the fact that our culture is now like, but they should be able to change their sex Uh -uh. and parents just have to be okay with it. I'm sorry. I'm not usually this like uh, wave the flag. It's all coming at us. We are really close to I know we're there, but I mean, like it to be culturally acceptable for this to be grounds for you to lose your kids. Oh, Brian, that's a scary. Doesn't thought. it really that's feel that way? Thought. Like, and I know thought. that's happened. There's some people right now go, hey, that's already happened. I get that that's already happening in some ways, but I mean, like more mainstreamed. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can't deny your kids being. And she held it up as if the greatest thing right now at 11 years old is for kids to be living fully in what they believe their sexuality is. At the age of 11, I didn't need to be living fully into anything. (laughs) 100% no. 100% no. And I I think this is where it goes way too far because there are there's a spectrum on this conversation. Okay, let's say you're very liberal and you want to honor your kids uh, gender dysphoria. Okay, you go. All right. Try this on for a while. Mm -hmm. But we're not going to make any permanent decisions until you're. 30 years old or when your brain closes at 24, whatever it is. Right. That's I'm saying that's a very progressive liberal. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. I understand where you're going from. If that's where you're at. Right. Right. To me, that's still markedly different than saying we're going to give these gender blocking hormones that will stop our kids future. If they ever want to have kids in the future, it's taken from them now. Yep. And we're letting them at 10 or 11 decide that. Like I just, if you disagree Ugh. with us, I would just like, let's be really simple about this. Like Aubrey, what would you do if I was like, I know my kids are older than this, yeah. but let's pretend my daughter, my youngest yeah. daughter was 10. Yeah. And I told you, you know what we're going to let her do? She really wants a tattoo. <laughs> I am going to let her just tat up. Right. Right. You would be like, absolutely not. Well, Ryan, there's a you're reason crazy. to let you actually right, do that, right. which is crazy. Our culture says this age kid can't have can't a tattoo. Yeah. But a great they example. can make they can make lifelong sexuality choices. Like, can't do any like of we it. make protective decisions can't about our kids. Our movie. Yeah. Yeah. And that's to protect them. A that's to protect them. Movie. Uh, let's also <laughs> take the tattoo narrative. Like if my 11 year old got a tattoo today, it would be of like Mario and Luigi. Do you know what I mean? Like he will be regret the it Let's be when he's older. The poop emoji. It would be of the poop emoji <laughs> exactly and it would probably say would poop be. under it. And he would regret it 100% when he's 16 years old. I mean, th- it's just ludicrous. It is. So we're going to keep highlighting these things, even though they're uncomfortable, because this is where this is what we're having to deal with. Those of us who are parents and those of us who care, uh, grandparents and those of us who care about where this culture is heading. 
Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Aubrey Sampson alongside my co-host, Brian Fromm. So glad that you're with us today. You had it's a lot more Friday. excitement about yourself than that. I, I know I did. I realized I went, Aubrey Sampson. You were cheering <laughs> yourself on, really. Brian Fromm's here with me. <laughs> you were really cheering it's yourself the on there. <laughs> show. You really cheered yourself well, on there. Well, that's because I am excited about my top five list today. This was given to us by our producer, Laura, because she read a story about a time capsule. We thought it'd be fun to talk about what we would put in our own time capsules and we put i mean we tried to put some, some parameters some parameters which was simply like we assume our future descendants are opening this up so okay. it's not like you know going to be open at the nation's capital or it's not like uh it's not like uh, Parks and Rec, where they part did the big one in Pawnee. So it's just for like future people just living like here. But this is like our great, family. great grandkids. Great, great. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So uh, number five. So that we're we're putting a time capsule together. Yes. And it's getting a hundred years from now. Yeah. Buried in the backyard for a hundred years. All right. Uh, my I'll go with mine. My no. number five. I thought it'd be fun to put. Um, Ticket stubs to concerts. Oh, so one. I was specifically thinking, like, the fact that Taylor Swift concert tickets went for, what, $300, $500, that seemed outrageous to us. 900 on the, on the uh, secondary okay. market right that now. That feels outrageous to us, but I bet for our future kids, either they're like, what's a concert? Or they're like, oh, ours are $20,000. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I thought that would be fun. Ticket nice. stubs. Good. Yeah. Uh, my number five, I went with two magazines. I'd like to put two in there together. Okay. The most recent Sports Illustrated and the most recent People magazine. I love it. I love so it. So they'll be able to see what was happening in the sports world, mm-hmm. what was happening in the uh, pop culture world. Yep. Uh, probably lots of stuff because they'll probably not like Meghan Markle either. <laughs> And so I they want are, them to see what was happening with Meghan Markle. So, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> true. That's good. That's good. All right. Uh, my number four. I feel like the world is going away from like paper money and Coinbase money. Might be all Bitcoin at that point. So I would like to put a credit card, some coins, some cash. Credit card. Yes. I want to put all that in a time capsule and say, this is how we had our currency. What if they then like tried to use your credit card? But, I mean, that's fine. I'll be dead. It won't, <laughs> won't impact me. But your credit rating will still be affected. <laughs> all right. Number four. This is a little bit for humor. Okay. So I, yes, this stay with me on this one. Yeah. I would want to go buy a Big Mac at McDonald's. <laughs> And I would want to wrap it up there with a note that says, funny. I've heard that these will never disintegrate. Okay. Oh, that's what funny. What ended up Did happening? They? Did they? A hundred years from that, when like they it. open up the time capsule. I like it. It does that McDonald's cheeseburger. Does yeah. the Wendy's, yeah. you know, double stack, whatever. Yeah. Does it still have something <laughs> to it after a hundred years? This is good. That's a really good one. Did it disintegrate or is it? The qu- what if it was just identical? Oh, that's nastiness right there. Maybe you get a couple different ones, a White Castle. If oh, you yeah, try to pick like the nastiest like a, ones. Right. Do like a comparison. Our kids, our great, 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 great kids would be like, this is what you thought of when thinking about what you wanted <laughs> to pass so on to us. They finally open it and there's just a line of burger wrappers there. <laughs> They're like expecting treasure and they're like, neat. This is really special. Thank you. Okay. uh, My number three, and this is uh, kind of in honor of the fact that Kevin and I saw the movie air on Monday, Tuesday night, something like that on a date night, which is about Nike Mm -hmm. securing the Air Jordan shoes with Michael Jordan. I would put up, I would put a few pairs of shoes, like fashionable shoes. So basketball shoes that are really trendy, women's shoes that are really trendy because shoe fashion changes and it's kind of funny yeah and i think that'd be that would be interesting if i was opening a time capsule yep. i would like to see that so for me for number three uh 
and I know we don't use these a lot now, mm-hmm. but but there's no way to do this with the internet. So I would choose, I would go out and buy uh, our town's newspaper on that day. That's a great idea. I would go, yeah. this is yeah. the actual snapshot yeah. of what was happening. So maybe if we were here, maybe I would get where I live in DuPage County. Maybe I'd get the Daily Herald mm-hmm. and the Chicago Tribune. Yeah, and I'd put them both idea. there. Maybe the Chicago Tribune and the USA Today. Yeah. And I'd put them both in there. Uh, so people, I still have newspapers from like the day my kids were born. I have newspapers from 9-11 still. Oh, I still have those too. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yep. That's fun. That's really fun. You know the day your kids were born. That's a cool idea. Much better than 9 I know. I didn't do that. You're and technically, you probably have the newspaper from 912. Accurate. Because that would have been accurate, ironic if you accurate. stole the, if yes, you, uh, saved yes. the 911 fair, newspaper. Fair, fair, fair. That's actually fair. Okay. Um, all right. My number two, I'm going to go with just family photos, mm-hmm. family photo albums. Like, mm-hmm. I think, you know, I always love seeing pictures of, you know, there aren't a lot, but pictures of grandparents and great grandparents. This is going to show so up on. in mine, the, yeah. something yeah. like it. My number two, uh, so, because we live with our phones so much, oh. I want to get the most recent unused phone that what? I have. Like, I'm not going to put in my no- the phone I normally you use, use. Yeah. but you know how we all have phones laying yeah. around. I would want to find one that is as close to That's what we currently idea. have so that they can compare and be like... What, what is, is this, this dinosaur? To, our phone is implanted into our skull. <laughs> what is this? You know, I love that. That's actually a really good idea. All right, we are almost to number one, so we'll do honorable mentions. I actually had sort of your idea. um, The Big Mac? No, the... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I like the newspaper idea, Mm -hmm. um, but also related to that, like, ads of the day to know how much things cost, what's a gallon of milk, eggs, Mm -hmm. gas prices. So something about, like, ads and news I thought would be really meaningful. Okay. Uh, Oh, that your only honorable mention? That's my only honorable mention. Yeah. So I had a couple. Okay. I went, I would obviously, you'd almost, it's like a cover letter. You'd want to write like an inspirational letter. Oh, that's nice. This is who we are. Yeah. This is why we did this. Okay, yeah. Uh, we were out farming and tilling the ground. <laughs> yep. Uh, probably like uh, something like a favorite book. Oh, that's yep. good, Brian. Yep. Yep. Why didn't a I do that? Book. Man, you've thought a lot better about this than me. And then Deeper. I'd want a funny t-shirt. <laughs> like something that would make you laugh. Like, what would that funny T-shirt be? I don't know. Back oh. in the 80s, you'd put in, like, a Where's the Beef yeah, T-shirt. Yeah, this is a great idea, a funny T-shirt. A Dunder Mifflin T-shirt right, or something right. like that. You, would you have to explain the reference, I wonder? No, no, they'd have to go look it up with their implanted phone in their head. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. That's really good. Okay, um, my number one, I kind of picked a category here, Brian, but I would definitely put, like, Pop culture artifacts. Mm-hmm. So something that represents Marvel, Star Wars. Um, I don't know. The things that are really like hot in pop culture right now, some type of artifact to represent that. Mm. That would be my number one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, That's fun. My number one would be a bumper sticker that said, I I, I hate Meghan Markle. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, mine's a little bit like yours before, but I think I would want to have one framed Big photograph of our extended family. That's a great idea. So, the, like you were saying, an album with like grandparents. Yeah. I want one picture as much as I could uh-huh. with like my family, you know, and whatever side of the family we're doing yeah. here. Grandparents, aunt and uncles, cousins in a snapshot of and that. And would time. you have like who they are, what their names are, birthdays, yeah, yeah, I think that'd be all helpful. that kind of stuff? Yeah, At that least would, who they are. Like so a they family don't... tree, but just visually. Yeah. Although, they, again, they've got the chip in the head. They would go, show me my extended family. That's Boom, fair. There it is. But I'm still trying to think of a funny t shirt. You know what neither of us said? We got to add this. Like a common good t shirt. Our people need that. This is a funny one. Our family. 
It's a funny we'll one. write a dad joke on the back, and then joke. you know, done and I'd done. Give him a top five list. That's right. I like that idea. All right. Well, let us know if we missed anything. What would you put in your own time capsule? You can let us know on social media at Common Good Talk. We will be back again on Monday from four to six p.m. for Brian Fromm. I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to the Common Good on AM eleven sixty. Hope for your life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.